Ciao e benvenuti. Welcome back to Kimberly's Italy. Tommaso and I have just finished recording part two of our road trip from Vezzanello to Cinque Terre. First, please let me remind you of who I am, Kimberly Holcomb, and the goal of my podcast. I want to share with you my favorite places throughout all 20 regions of Italy and my favorite experiences in each. In summary, a few facts and a few laughs. I'm a travel planner after all. So if any of this tweaks your interest, you can get in touch with me via my website, Kimberly'sItaly.com. It's all the same name, so quite easy to remember. We left the first episode at the start of our hike up from the village of Rio Maggiore, yet sadly we weren't as prepared as we should have been. I only had on flip-flops and maybe one or two of us had a bottle of water. That was it. All eight of us at the time were city dwellers, four from London and four from New York. Perhaps we were just used to that, that mindset of having a convenience store, a bodega on every street corner in our normal life. But let me tell you, there are no bodegas on these mountain trails. So please remember that our goal was to hike the whole way, all five, all Cinque Terre, from Rio Maggiore to Monte Rosso. And that would take about five hours. But since I'd left my sneakers at the restaurant, I only had my flip-flops on. And the higher we climbed, the hotter it got. So it wasn't easy, but it was stunning. Remember those views, Tommaso? They were amazing. Just amazing. So we kept stopping. We'd take a little sip of the, the water. We All that water it. and we couldn't drink any of it. <laughs> we rationed the, the bottled water that we did have. But looking down, there's something different about the water along Cinque Terra. It's a it's like a mix of blues. There's mm-hmm. some aqua, aquamarine. There's some deep blue. There's a little bit of green. You know how like in Sardinia, for example, it's all that complete. Emerald blue, Costa Esmeralda. Right? So this is different and it's a mix. And so when you're standing way up top, looking down through these trees, past the villages, it's really, it's really unique, stunning. But it was still hot. <laughs> so we kept going, we kept going. And then finally, we decided collectively we couldn't make it all the way to Monte Rosso. So we went down in the fourth village of Vernazza. You descend down, and it's not hard, obviously, like going up. So we descend down, we go through the little village, and at the bottom of the village is a beach. And I don't think we discussed this at all. It wasn't anyone's particular idea. No. But we, the eight of us, Walked into the ocean. We walked over. We the didn't beach. have to discuss because it was swim or death. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, we looked like we were coming out of it. We looked like we were in a zombie movie. It's just these eight foreigners, sweaty, step dirty, after step, going over the sand, past all the people laying there into the water, and we all just dove in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Fully clothed. Fully clothed. Oh, sorry. So it was the most refreshing swim, float, whatever of our lives. And we all floated there for a while thinking, oh, or discussing, can't believe we just did this, but oh, it feels so good. So we hung out thinking nothing of it. And then when we finally got out of the water, picture this or keep this in mind. They wear the minimal amount of clothing possible. 
to a beach. The women are topless and the men have Speedos on. That's it. So here we are, eight foreigners coming out of the water, fully clothed, drenched. And they just, I, I think. Looks like something out of 1932 in the old bathing movies with the shorts on and everything else. But I think that gave them something to talk about for weeks. Possibly still speaking about it. <laughs> but Italians just don't wear much to the beach ever. As a matter of fact, a quick aside, uh, some good friends of mine ran a very large sailboat for some um, an, in, an Italian billionaire. I won't name him. He's a was a real gentleman. And he used to love to show up at his boat. He'd fly in, go to the dock, jump on a powerboat, go out to his sailboat, which was already under sail because his time was really limited. And he would jump on the sailboat and sail for one to two, three hours, buck naked. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. And then reverse course. <laughs> Jump back onto the powerboat and go back and do whatever he was doing. The whole afternoon would be having lunch and sailing. Uh, naked. Naked. In his birthday suit. In his birthday this suit. This man's no longer alive, but I remember Tom's friends telling us the stories. Yes. The lesson learned here while hiking in Cinque Terre, start earlier in the day, perhaps. Or... Just plan ahead and bring some water. Yes, true. That that as well. And but, your Speedo in your backpack. <laughs> yes, definitely bring a bathing suit right. in your little backpack. Right. So speaking of boats, we finished up this whole thing, soaking wet. Now we've dried off a little Invernazza. bit. Invernazza. Invernazza. Had a few more beers because- Of course. Of course. <laughs> and then we took a full boat ride back. We but, saw the whole of the four- Little towns on Chiquitera from, from the, water. the water. And that was just beautiful. Stunning. So you hike all the way out and you can take this magical boat ride back. And they stop in each village to let off or pick up people. So you get to see the villages close up. Right. And it's it's a boat with an open top deck. Mm -hmm. So you can sit on They're the top small, deck. They're small, teeny. Yes, enjoy the breeze and enjoy the view. And then we got back to our cars, drove home and probably passed out early. Yeah. <laughs> Or it could have been one of those nights we stayed up all night with Rick, our friend, playing guitar. Uh, you know, <laughs> probably... Oh, it was a great week. It was a great week. <laughs> our new friends, the Brits. But speaking of the hikes, you can also start in Rio Maggiore, where we did, and go south. It's also a five-hour hike, but there's this peninsula, which is technically still part of the Cinque Terre National Park, I believe. And it's a um, peninsula that sticks out into the ocean and it's called Porto Venere. So you can walk, hike from Rio Maggiore to Porto Venere. And the beginning part is a bit more challenging just because of the ascent. Like 45 minutes at least, almost an hour straight uphill. But I did that recently in Amalfi with other people. And once you get to the top, you're like, okay, that's I deserve a pasta later after that. <laughs> it's a well-earned pasta. Right. So it's okay. And it's stunning. So when you do this whole hike down to Porta Venere, you will come across this 12th century church built right on the very edge of the cliff of the peninsula. It's stunning. And it's made with Carrara marble. And it's striped big, wide, horizontal stripes around this small church. So you see it from afar. It's so graphic. One row of, of marble is the white. One row of stripes is the white marble. 
One is the darker marble. It's beautiful. And then above this chiesa, the church, are the remains or the ruins of one of the oldest castles in all of Italy, which is hard to believe because there's a lot of old castles. Right. Anyway, this one's in really good condition, if you ask me. You can walk all around it, and it has the same round towers as what I described in Viano, where we went to the festival. Those perfectly round towers made of the perhaps sandstone or travertine little bricks. It's a sweet, special place, and I highly recommend you stay there because you wake up, there's maybe one boat, there's maybe one little group of people on the rocky beach. It's so quiet, and most people hike there. You can drive, but it's not that popular, and it's remote, and it's it's beautiful. I'm actually, you don't even know this yet, Tommaso, I'm going to stay there in early November. He does know about this uh, girls' road trip. I'm escorting five women on a trip this fall, and we are going to stay in Porto Venere one night hmm. after the hike. I hope they're all into the five-hour hike. And I hope when I join that group of women post-trip. Oh, you you can't come till we're finished. Yeah, that's right. I get that. <laughs> Guess what? I'm good with that. <laughs> we can stay there. Porto Venere. Okay. Okay. It's a plan. So back to Vezzanello and that little northwest corner of Tuscany. If you stay, if you choose to stay in a less touristy area of Italy, and in this case, Tuscany, we're describing this part of the region, you can get a feel for what the country and the Italians are really like. You can stay in a place like Vezzanello. You can rent Richard and Janice's house. You can meet all Italians or some expats that live in the area. But it's such a good way to get the real vibe of the country, the more authentic experience. And there's so much you can do just in a teeny place that you didn't think had much going on, but there's so many medieval villages, you could spend weeks just going from one to the other via car, hike, or actually biking. Well, well, let me just oh, right, I premise forgot. that. The biking is not as, as easy as one would think. <laughs> right? Because, Why? Because it's up and down mountains. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. hard can that be? Well, I just happened to take, <laughs> when we decided to do this in Vezzanello, I had with a, Richard. With Richard. But no, no, let me just say, we decided to do this episode. I went on Google Earth and I figured out, <gasps> I got how high Vetsanello was. Which is? It's 1,560 feet above sea level. It's not like 1,560 feet over a low grade. Oh, no. It's pretty steep. Straight up and down. Straight up and down. So if you're going to go down, you've got to go back up. <laughs> and Richard and I went down and then... Went back up. And he had already done this several times. He knew the road and I didn't. I got to the top and it was one another one of those moments where it's like, okay, glad I did that. Don't want to do that again. <laughs> Busy next time you ask. Yes. I'm napping. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So bikes aside, only do that if you're super serious. Let's just say you're in this little area of Northwest Tuscany and you decide to take a road trip from Vezzanello or anywhere else. One village is called Pontremoli, and it is incredible with rivers on either side and this ancient medieval castle. However, the castle in Pontremoli is outdone by Castello Malaspina, and that's in a hilltop village called Fosdinovo. 
And this Castello Malaspina is so old from, you know, like, I don't know, 100 AD, the family, not the castle itself. That's more like eight, nine century. 100 AD would be like Roman times. True. Okay. But the family goes back that far. And Malaspina is not their name. That's the nickname for one of the ancestors who was killed with a with a spina, like a plug through his through his throat. But anyway, that, that means like a bad night, Malaspina, a bad plug. <laughs> but anyway, this Ouch. Castello is so incredible. And Dante, you know, the, yes, the poet, the Dante Inferno. Alighieri, lived in Castello Malaspina for over a year. And you can stay in this place. They have about 50 rooms, some are small, single people or whatnot, but some are the larger, you know, bigger rooms that slept many people with fireplaces to keep warm and stuff. So you can stay in this centuries old castle. And when you go to bed at night, you think of all the history that carried on in this whole place for century after century. And you wake up thinking like, well, that's not your average night in a hotel. No, not pretty amazing. I think I got a plug in the throat and Dante's Inferno was written there probably. So. <laughs> no, it wasn't written there. Well, whatever. He stayed there. It's so, Could there be some are, issues at three in the morning. Well, they do let you know if places are haunted. They do warn you. Okay. You know, so you're open-minded to okay. that. But incredible place to stay in Foz de Novo. My favorite place in this part of Tuscany is, you've all heard of this, Carrara. Is the mountains of all the marble, the white and gray speckled marble that every single Renaissance sculptor used. Every Pieta ever sculpted during the Renaissance is from Carrara. Davide, Dave, Michael, Michelangelo's David, that is Carrara marble. It is so beautiful. So you can get to the top. The village of Carrara itself is sweet, very, very cute. Lots of marble fountains in the middle of it. Imagine that. <laughs> but very cute, nice, nice place to visit. But then drive to the top. I think you can take a bus to the top, but regardless, the drive is steep and it is rocky and it is rough and you go over these chunks of marble. But a lot of the marble is lightweight. It's almost like a soapstone, you know, like a pumice stone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's surprising how lightweight it is, but it's just a big cloud of white marble dust behind you as you drive up, but do it. I highly recommend this. And when you get to the top, you take a tour and you get to go inside the mountain where years ago they dug out. It's like a cathedral. It's a huge, tall, square rectangle dug out in the Carrara Mountains. And when you look up, you feel like you're in let's say it's as high as the Duomo ceiling in Milano or Firenze, Florence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're standing in this white marble mountain and it's at the same time, it's cold. Bring a jacket. It's really cold. It's imposing. You kind of worry about the weight of the marble on top, but it's majestic all at the same time. It's one of the coolest places I've ever been inside. Mm -hmm. It truly is worth it. And I have been to Carrara many, many times. And my favorite one is a trip I took there with this photographer. It was maybe the second year I lived in Milano and um, this famous photographer from LA came. His name was Steve Harvey. 
he needed an assistant and a translator and a makeup artist. So somehow I met him. I think I met him through Juan and I recommended this makeup artist, an American woman also from California. This guy's from LA, Joanna, that was living in Milano. So we went all over Italy with him shooting in Rome, Amalfi, and eventually Carrara. And it was for a blue jean, Italian blue jean campaign. So he had a crazy budget and we went everywhere. And he himself, Steve Harvey, was funny, crazy, and a complete like California 70s type vibe. Dude. Dude. Yes, totally. (laughs) Really, really nice. Anyway, so we were shooting in Carrara and we drove up and down and up and down the mountains. And at the end of the second day, the light was getting lower because we were lower down the mountain. So he had the driver take us back up top because we had been shooting in the middle. So we packed up all the camera, the lenses, everything into his camera bags, which I am super organized and neat. And I had, you know, clasped everything closed put it in the back of the cargo van and um, he, Steve, the photographer, closed the doors to the back of the van. So he thought. So we get chugging back up the mountain. As I described earlier, it's really bumpy. You go over chunks of marble that have fallen down, clouds of white marble dust behind you. Steve, the photographer's in the passenger seat. Luigi, the driver, is up front and I'm in the cargo van in the makeup artist, stylist, and the model are in another car ahead of us. They went up first. So we're chugging up the hill and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. We go over each bump and then the doors to the back of the van opened. And it was like, (laughs) I watched this as if it were slow motion, like one camera bag goes out, hits the white marble road, bounces back up. Hits it again, bounces back up. Then you see a little black thing fly. That would be a lens. And you see (laughs) rolls of film fly. Everything that he did not secure in his bag went flying. And it just created more and more white marble dust. So I'm screaming, Luigi, fermati, stop, stop. Steve, stop the van. And he turns around and he sees the residue of the marble dust and his lenses and cameras everywhere. And he goes, seriously, he goes, bummer, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that. That was his only reaction. He didn't care. The bag that I had put together was intact. I'm sure everything was cracked and, you know, whatever. That was. He had insurance. Yes. And then we finished the job shortly after that since the cameras were unusable. And funny enough, right after I got back from that trip in Carrara, maybe like a month or two later, I was shooting this beautiful blonde model and she was up and coming to say the least. And Versace, I was in Milano, and Versace himself or his team gave this model uh, several outfits of the new line that hadn't even been shown yet. So she had the most you know, recent designs and it was that total epic Versace designs where it was all silk with like black backgrounds and the gold medallions and the gold chain. Mm -hmm. Remember all that? Mm -hmm. It was Johnny Versace at his height. Mm -hmm. So this model gets these clothes. We're shooting in the courtyard of my 
apartment on Via Meda in Milano that I described, downstairs where Pino lived, mm -hmm. the guy with the pistola. And, <laughs> and it was, yeah, he was probably staring. He was out of jail by then. He was staring at the shoot. And Joanna, the same girl from the mm -hmm. Carrara trip, was doing the makeup. And she's so good. And this model's so beautiful. So we're having this awesome shoot. And the model says, oh, you know, my boyfriend is coming to pick me up in a little while. So I'm going to stop the second he gets here. I was like, okay. So I was like shooting faster and trying to take advantage of these amazing outfits. So she said, yes, he's been filming a movie in Carrara. We're like, oh, we were just there. It's so cool. Blah, blah. So anyway, half hour later, so we hear this like low hum, like kilometers down via Meta. You could hear it. I can't do noise as well, but it was some kind of serious car. It wasn't a Fiat Punto. Coming. No, it was not a Fiat Punto. <laughs> this was a fine engine. And so the hum got louder and louder. And then you could tell when it drove in through the courtyard gate because it was very narrow. And turn what turns into the courtyard but this deep, deep red Lamborghini. And who's behind the wheel of the Lamborghini? Sylvester Stallone. Adrian! <laughs> Was her name Adrian? I don't know, but that's the wrong movie. He was in Carrara filming this movie that eventually was called Cliffhanger. Do you remember uh -huh. that? Uh -huh. Cliffhanger uh, yeah. is like this action adventure movie that supposedly took place in the Colorado Rockies. Mm -hmm. So that shows you how white Carrara is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, definitely go to Carrara. I love it. So back to Vetsanello, where we started this road trip. We'll wind up this episode and this road trip by describing the last meal, the last night we made at Janice and Richard's house. Since there were four couples, we all took turns cooking because going out to dinner is great, but when you can buy the, these this amazing fresh produce and that cheese, Tom and I bought like five different chunks of cheese to take to Sardinia just in case they didn't have Parmigiano as good as what they had in Tuscany. Well, well, in the next episode, we'll talk about a certain cheese in Sardinia. Oh, right. But anyway, so we all took turns cooking because it was fun and you could hang out and you just love, enjoy the evening. So since it was our turn, Tom and I took the Fiat Punto back down the 22 switchbacks knowing we only had to do it one more time the, the little, next day when we left. The little punto that could. The little punto that could. <laughs> so we drove down the 22 switchbacks. By, by then, we were kind of like cocky, thinking we were good at this, right? We weren't nervous. We weren't panicking. So we drive down into the shopping district that wasn't, you know, a picturesque little idyllic village. It was just where you go. It's like going to a you know, grocery store area. Just a normal right. Italian village. Right. So we bought handmade ravioli from these two old women. Remember, they were sitting behind the the display, mm -hmm. little piece of plexiglass on top. They'd handpick each one we wanted. They made it that morning, probably at like 4 a.m. Then we bought the chunks of Parmigiano. We bought... Fresh herbs and peppers. This sauce had a load of red, orange, yellow peppers. And then we went to the grocery store, the actual grocery store, and bought 
amazing Tuscan wine for the equivalent of, you know, like $15 and olive oil to die for. We drive back up the 22 switchbacks. We get to Vezzanello. Everyone's just hanging out on the terrace knowing it's our turn to cook. Mm -hmm. They're reading books. Rick's playing guitar. So we make our meal. We get our wine. We sit outside on their terrazzo. And we have this amazing dinner. And the sun starts to go down. And you're looking to the left or to the right. Incredible view. Awesome wine. And then you just sat there and thought, this is La Dolce Vita. Si. Yes, it was. Teeny little road trips like that from a nothing town you've ever heard of to a big town. Enjoy it all in between the way. It's it's definitely worth trying something that's off the beaten path. It's definitely worth getting out of a resort environment and going to meet the locals and shopping the locals. And mm-hmm. even if it's only one meal, that trying to make a beautiful meal by yourself of mm-hmm. these local. Oh, but you can't go wrong. No, you that's can't. For sure. No, it's impossible. So that's it. I hope you enjoy this road trip. We have plenty more of them, but we will also highlight Rome and the amazing place that that is. Napoli, Amalfi, even though it's crowded. I know when to go, how to go, where to do what. So we'll cover it all. But for now, random little road trips here and there. And since this trip was prior to us going to Sardinia, that is our next episode. The northeast coast of Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Straits to Madalena. Oh, wait till you hear about how incredibly beautiful it is. Somehow we'll get you on a sailboat so that you could see the incredible beauty of this place. So that's it, my friends. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. And it's on our list to get a blog and get some pictures up so you can visualize all of this at the same time. Grazie mille e ciao ciao. Can I say that too? Sure. Ciao ciao. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) 